Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Christina here with Creative Questers and I'm Stefka. And today we're going to talk about memoirs. When people first started telling me I needed to write a memoir, I really struggled because when I would tell a story, I would get to make faces and I would get to use my voice to make emphasis for all these things. But then when I first started writing, it was like, and then I said this, and then he said this, and then, and then, and it was boring, but I did find that I just needed to keep practicing and it did get funny. Do you find that that is the trickiest part with memoir that like you're telling a real story, things have happened, but you need to retell them in a way that make them cohesive in book form. That is not the hardest part. Okay. What's the hardest part? Structure might be the hardest part, which is something mm. you were going to ask me about later. And I don't really want mm -hmm. to talk about because it's scary. <laughs> I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Mm. We haven't even we said might. what, what a memoir is. You know what? We're, we're like already in the middle of this conversation, but yes. I, need, I think we need to roll this back a little and start at the beginning. When we decided to do this memoir episode, the first thing that happened to me while trying to figure out which questions I wanted to ask, what I wanted to know about memoirs from you, I realized that in my head, I used memoir and autobiography synonymously. It's very common for people to think that autobiographies and memoirs are the same thing, but they are not. There is definitely a lot of overlap. They are both true stories written about a person by the person. And the difference is that autobiography covers an entire life. It's typically written just by famous people or people who've had really extraordinary things in their lives. Whereas a memoir is a piece of a life or a theme mm -hmm. from a life. And it's written by normal people. You might see like a famous person might say, these are my memoirs as well. Because one of the things about memoir is you can write more than one. There's different aspects mm. of your life that you can focus on. As a normal person, not everything in your life is amazing. <laughs> You're not that important. You're not that important. <laughs> then you also have a biography. A biography is written about a person by someone else. Mm. And you also do see some memoirs where the author is actually writing about someone in their family, or it might mm -hmm. be a combined memoir. Like right now in the memoir mentors group, we are reading a book for the book club called Confessions of a Fairy's Daughter, which is such a fun, such a well-written book. It's about her father being gay and growing mm -hmm. up with a gay father and not knowing he was gay at first and the path towards him coming out. And the first part wow. is her telling her side of the story. And then the next part is her telling his side of the story. Wow. Yeah. That's super interesting. Let's actually backtrack a little here. I think we might've talked about the memoir mentors before, but could you tell us again about this group and what it is and what you actually do? Because I feel like this, this might need to be part of this episode right here for everyone who's just listening to this one single episode. Sure. So memoir mentors is, it's a group that I started on meetup. COVID was happening. I was stuck <laughs> in England and I was attending meetups all over the world. It was the only thing that was getting me through. I was going to meetups like four a day sometimes, and I was meeting a lot of memoirists. And when people were talking about what they're writing, as they would say, oh, I'm writing a memoir, or if there was ever any time where they were sharing something about their memoir, there was some kind of shame and anxiety, definitely in groups where we were reading out loud, people felt strange sharing in a group of people who are writing fiction or who are writing 
poetry or something. It's a completely different thing. And I just got this idea. I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if there was a group of us where we are all memoirists and we all know this is a safe space to come and share your story, to work together, to inspire each other. We meet once a week and we have a, a really great group of people who are all working on their memoirs. We have a book club every six weeks and sometimes we have author Q&A and workshops and things like that. I got to meet a good few of these people, of course, and you have such cool people in that group. And every memoir writer from from that space that I got to talk to, they're like, they've led such interesting lives. Or maybe they're just very able to put certain themes in the spotlight in their lives, like you said. I could probably count the four or five biographies slash memoirs that I've read in my lifetime because it's not a genre that I would gravitate towards but I am totally interested in reading like every single memoir that anyone from that group finishes because it's so interesting to me it's a really cool group it is and I never used to read memoir until I started writing one Mm. now it's almost all that I read I guess I thought the memoirs would be boring I thought of biographies Mm. as being boring. You can't just invent things that happen. You can't invent, you know, different worlds to live in and such where you, when you're writing about the truth. However, what I've discovered since reading a lot of memoirs and since writing my memoir, memoirs, even more compelling, like a good memoir reads just like a fiction, except Mm -hmm. you know that these things really happened to this person. And this person is really reacting in the ways they're describing. Do you have a favorite memoir that you've read? Yes. Which one is it and why? So What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding by Kristen Newman. I've read it like four times. <laughs> I love the title already. I know. You can see knowing knowing me with my, my very first published essay was my uterus is fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> you know, being a person who decided not to have children, mm-hmm. who made this choice, obviously that title resonated with me. And she also really loves to travel. And she writes with this really fun, funny, yet vulnerable and insightful manner mm-hmm. that I just find so fun to read. And I'm laughing, I'm crying, I'm wanting to know what happens next. Even though I've read it four times, I still just, I'll come across a passage and and I'll want to tell everyone, <laughs> check this out, this is hilarious. Well, it's going into my reading list now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to, to get into this genre a bit more because the more you talk about it, the more interested in it I am. All right, we've talked about the group and other people's memoirs, but... Christina, tell me about your memoir. Well, I'm writing a memoir titled Magicians, Crossdressers, and My Uterus, Confessions of a Serial Dater. I knew I kept having these crazy stories. These stories were unusual and funny. And my friends and family and coworkers kept telling me, oh my God, Christina, you need to write a book. But I would just laugh because I was a project manager. I mean, I knew that I wrote well in college. I could do a good term paper but that was the extent of my writing. So I never really took them seriously until I went on two dates in two weeks with two different guys named Kevin, who both said, I look good in a dress. Not me. They told me that they looked good in a dress. What are the chances? What are the chances? (laughs) And that was my moment where I was like, fuck, I guess I do have to write a book. The universe has just handed me a sign. I cannot make this shit up. Yes. 
so yeah, I started writing a book. It was supposed to be just about my dating experiences, but as I got into writing it, it became more than that and started being also about my marriage of 12 years and the divorce. Mm. Do you know how many dates are in that book? Mm. Have you, have you never counted them? <laughs> no, I have no, no idea how many dates I've been on. Not all of them made it into the book. Of course, I wrote about many of them. An average memoir is supposed to be about 80,000 words, which is, it's actually, that's fairly short. It feels long, but I always feel like it's quite hard to visualize this, especially mm. if you have never dealt with word counts before. And what I like to do, because a lot of people have read the Harry Potter books, just to give you an idea, the very first um, Harry Potter book has about 75,000 words and the longest which is uh the fifth one which is the large one that you could possibly kill someone with if you tried really hard has 250,000 words so it should be about the size of the first harry potter book however i have written 160,000 words <laughs> so i still need to go through and take a lot out and it's just finding the right words that belong in my book that's one of the hardest parts so we touched upon the structure. Christina, how do you structure a memoir? <laughs> well, how do you structure a fiction novel? There's many different ways. With memoir, the obvious straightforward path would be to write chronologically. And that works for a lot of people. And that's the most common way is to write, a, you know, identify a beginning point, an ending point, have your character arc. At one point, I used the save the cat structure. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I've uh, seen and I've read this book even. There's different versions of it. I think the original is actually about screenwriting, how Save the Cat mm -hmm. and screenwriting something. I can't remember the title, but all these things should totally go in the show notes and we'll figure it out. And there's also one specifically for books. I use this and it has, it breaks up a book into like setting the scene raising the stakes, mm -hmm. identifying your, your climax and, and then having like the bad guys close in, you know, it's a very formulaic method of structuring, which you'll find many, many movies do use this format. Mm -hmm. And it also works for memoir. That was one path that I was going to use, but I was really struggling because all of these dates were so individual where a lot of them, mm -hmm. uh, spoiler alert, I didn't go on more than a couple dates with most of them. <laughs> oh, wow. Can't imagine why. <laughs> but when you have, you know, in a normal fiction mm -hmm. or in a normal memoir, even you would have characters that last the entire book. And so I was really struggling with structure because I was really worried that it was just too, too episodic. Mm -hmm. These dates were just these individual floating events that weren't tied to other things. And so I've actually, I've been meeting with a mentor at the University of Iowa, the director of the writing program there, Danny Kalashki. He is amazing. He has been really helpful and helped me identify a different way of having like a, like a two strand structure where I've got my marriage and divorce and all of that is on one timeline. And then I've got another timeline that's coming in above, which has the dates and things that have happened in my life since then to kind of act as a mirror or contrast to my pri primary storyline. 
Yeah. And to kind of tie it all together because you have like the longer overarching story and then the little episodic little moments of confusion and oddities and all of that. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So there's many different ways. Diana Radovan recently published her memoir. She's someone who we know here mm -hmm. in, in Munich and she wrote this beautiful yeah. memoir that's kind of in a hybrid style is what she called it. Mm -hmm. I can't really say exactly what that, what that means, except that it was, there are elements that were chronological, but there were also, there would be poetry. There would be a section that would just be a list of things that really worked for her. And I really, really enjoyed her memoir. I've read some others that were in this kind of experimental structure as well. And for that to work, you have to have a really beautiful writing style. Yeah. You know, one of the biographies that I, is it a biography? I wonder uh, that I actually read is Michelle Obama's book. That's an autobiography. That counts. Okay. Because I was wondering, because it starts, if I remember correct. Oh wait, no, actually it has her youth in it. I was just mm -hmm. like so impressed with the latter bits. She has this amazing way of telling this extraordinary life story, which Wow. Yes. Just like mind blown by that one. Such a good book. And I think she does actually call it a memoir. It could be, I, I just said it was an autobiography because it does cover the entire span of her life so far. Mm -hmm. And because she's a famous person. Yeah, yeah she definitely is. And th the thing I'm always wondering, well, well, like you tell me about these dating stories and that you're going to write them. And I'm wondering how is it hard to write about real people mm -hmm. like in the sense are they ever going to talk to you again is this forever over now that you've written down their misdeeds and all these events that is one of the biggest fears that memoirists have is how do you write about other people without them suing you basically or or hating you you know so it is definitely a fear to write about other people and what i mm. tell any memoirist, when you're writing, you just need to write down your story. This is your version mm -hmm. of the truth. This is your version of events. And you can guarantee that no two people are going to ever have the same recollection of what has happened. Yeah. And when you're writing, you need to not worry about what somebody else is going to think. Yeah. And just get the story down when the book is ready to go. That's the point when you can really start worrying. <laughs> mm. Maybe it's also a little bit the fact that if people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. Oh, there's actually a quote about that. Yes, that was. There is? Oh, yes. I was wondering if I had read something like this before. Is it Anne Lamott or is it Mary Carr that said, if people wanted me to write nice things about them, they should have treated me better mm -hmm. or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And that is definitely one attitude to take. Something that Mary Carr actually recommended. Mary Carr wrote The Liars Club, among other memoirs, and she wrote The Art of Memoir. And she recommends that before you publish your book, you've finished it, you've written your story, mm -hmm. you question, is this person's story important enough to my own story that it be included? Mm -hmm. You can go ahead and write about it. And if it does... Mm go to them if you're still in contact with them and you still want to maintain a friendship with them and say, here's what I've written about you. Please mm -hmm. read it, realize this is my version of events. 
let me know if it's, if it's okay. You know, if you have anything that you need to change and I will be changing the character's names. What would you like your character's name to be? And to let them have Mm -hmm. some kind of agency in that, then it can help offset problems with a slap in the face. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you know, we're not always writing about bad things. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, I think that most people perceive them def- themselves differently than I, they are perceived from the outside. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's just different than you think you're coming across, right. that can still be a bit of a slap to the face, mm-hmm. even if it's not written in a bad way. But that's so interesting, too. Do you usually, is that common a common practice to rename the people you write about? It is common. Not everyone does it. And usually at the beginning of the book in the, in the prologue or the author's notes, the author will typically say, I've changed all of the characters' names, except for mine, my mom's, my brother's or something like that. Or sometimes they change those as well. Or they say I've left everything as is. I I really find it interesting in the, in those author's notes, what they, how they choose to, almost all of them will choose to say, this is my version of the truth. Everyone has their own story mm. and please realize that this is my story. This is my truth. Yeah. I like that way of, of framing it too, because naturally that's true. It's just, that's the thing about it. Like you write your version and your view towards things. And I think it, it can lead to super interesting conversations. Even if you have people in there and you give them like the piece you've written and let them read it. And that can, that could lead to conversations like, Oh, that's not what happened at yes. all. Like, at least that's not how I see it at yes. all. And that's- I, I wrote a piece that was about some events that happened when I was a child and I was writing it the way that I remembered it. I sent it to my relative and I thought, I said, I thought you might like to read this since you're in it. Um, Let me know what you think. She replied back. Oh, that's really, that's really cute. It's cool that you would have based a fictional story on, on me. And I was like, Oh, "Oh, but it's not fiction. And she says, Oh, but that's not what happened. And it was such a strange experience because Mm. childhood memories, especially are, Mm -hmm. they're so far far away so long ago in the past that and this wasn't this wasn't like a traumatic memory or anything but it was just I had my child way of remembering of, I only had half of the facts I and I mm-hmm. my childhood mind had kind of just filled in the blanks with some things and after we had talked and I thought oh no I was going to submit this as a piece of nonfiction, but is it <laughs> but clearly it looks different from different points of view that just reminded me I have like a few memories of being very little as most people do and I have this one specific memory that I I was entirely certain of that it's a memory and not something someone told me because this happens too like people tell you what happened afterwards and then you just integrate it into Mm -hmm. your knowledge and because you keep retelling it to yourself the same way when you're like telling a story and you keep kind of fleshing it out and retelling it a bit differently to make it more fun you change it mm-hmm. and that was true for a lot of stories in my head but like that specific story I was so sure that one time I told my mom about this and it's like more like a snippet like a moment that I remember and she's like oh really did that happen <laughs> 
so either it just wasn't that important to her because it really was something very small in the small bit of conversation that we had or um i'm misremembering which mm-hmm. is also interesting memory can be tricky memory is so tricky i read in uh one of my favorite books on the craft of memoir i really hate the title mm-hmm. of it it's called fast track your memoir in 45 days i think by rachel heron don't really care for the title, but I love the book. It's one of my very favorites on, on writing memoir, but she talks about memory and she said that it's as if our memories are, and this has been based on some scientific studies that if you think about your memories as being like a, in a file cabinet in your brain, every time you access it, you, you reach into your brain, you go through the folders and you find the file you want, you take it out, you open that folder, you, you recite it. And then before you put it back in, you change something and then you put it back in. Mm. And the next time you open it up, that thing you changed is there. And you think that this is, yes. this is how it happened, so mm-hmm. which is a real big dilemma when you're writing mm-hmm. memoir, knowing, yes. knowing that you could be misremembering things and you want to be, you want to be true to the people that are in your story, but ultimately mm-hmm. you need to be true to yourself. And this is your version of the story. And I really like that. Is there one thing we haven't, or something we haven't touched upon yet, and that you think is really important about memoir writing, or maybe a tip you can give to everyone out there who is thinking about writing their memoirs and just hasn't started yet? As far as how to go about writing your memoir, like I started writing just scribbling down notes and coming back to them later and going, what? <laughs> oh, yes. I remember. I remember the story about this. <laughs> yeah. Some of these notes, I, I thought this comes back to memory. You know, I would be sitting on these dates and be thinking, oh, my God, this is amazing. I, I could never make this up. And surely I'll never forget this because this is just too weird. But then I would get home and I would scribble some notes and I waited too long to come back to them and the memory has faded. So I think it is really important. It's really good to keep a journal. If you think that your life is amazing <laughs> or some crazy things are happening, <laughs> it's really helpful to write just uh, for a number of reasons. I found that once I started writing my memoir, before I knew anything about writing, before I really knew what I was doing, still just the process of knowing that I was writing a memoir and just writing in my journal, it did something to give me more agency in my own story and to really frame the way that I looked at my life. And so whereas I might have been getting really depressed that I was going on all these terrible dates and that I hadn't met someone, I could go on a really terrible date. And then instead of being like, oh no, not again, I would be like, oh, well, this will be good for the book. This is part of my book now. <laughs> and it just really helped. It was, it was very therapeutic, not only in the framing method of, of just looking at my life in a different way, but the process of writing is also just such an inter- interesting process that you can be feeling a certain way and not really knowing why you're feeling this way or why these things keep happening. And as you go and write about it, something kind of magical happens and things start making more sense and you start identifying patterns and it's like self therapy. 
Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. I think that is my list of questions. Thank you so much, Christina, for sharing all this input with us and leading us, us a bit deeper into the world of memoir and my pleasure. Yeah. Well, hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please hit the like button or subscribe <laughs> or whatever it is that you do to podcasts because I'm not really sure. Don't tell. Also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns you want to share with us, shoot us a quick message. We'll leave an email address, I'm supposing, in somewhere in the information boxes down below.